Welcome to Grid Talk, a series of conversations with the leaders and innovators shaping the 21st century grid. Hosting the podcast is Marty Rosenberg, an award-winning energy journalist. The series is sponsored by the Department of Energy's Office of Electricity Advanced Grid Research Division. Now, here's Marty Rosenberg with Grid Talk. Hi, and welcome to Grid Talk. Today, we're very pleased to have with us Sam DuPont, who is at Baltimore Gas and Electric in Maryland, where he is principal for strategic programs in the strategy group, a core group of just under a dozen folks that are steering strategy for one of America's major utilities on the East Coast. Hi, Sam. Good morning, Marty. How are you? Good, good. So I want to talk to you about energy efficiency, which has become a focus of your company with a uh, new program called the Connected Home and Small Business Demonstration. Uh, fill us in on its broadest dimensions, and then we'll get into the details. Sure, and uh, thank you so much for having me today on your program. Uh, very excited to be here and talk with you. Um, and yes, as you as you said, uh, we are working on a, a hyper-targeted program in Annapolis, Maryland, that we've called the Connected Home and Small Business Demonstration. And uh, it's essentially a, a technology trial, um, and we aim for 200 participants across four different segments, um, seniors, early adopters, small business, and low income. Um, and what we're really seeking to do is bring you know the next generation of involvement to this group of customers. And so we're we're deploying smart and connected home technology to these customers and you know, using our AMI data to evaluate uh, whether these uh, smart home technologies have a measurable impact on our customers' energy use. Uh, and we're also doing quite a lot of qualitative assessment around which devices are uh, of greatest preference to these customers. So that's the, uh, the long and the short of it. Tell us, Sam, about the back office investments and the investments you've had to make out in the grid to enable you to launch this demonstration? Sure. So as you and, and perhaps uh, many of your listeners know, uh, BGE was fairly early on um, taking on the, the deployment of AMI. Uh, and so back in 2011, uh, 2012, um, we uh, began to roll out both uh, gas IMUs and uh, AMI to our, to our electric customers. And so that is a was a very large investment um and you know over the last almost decade or so the services and information that we've been able to deliver to our customers has sort of progressively increased um you know of course it started out you know with really fundamental things like knowing when someone's power is out obviously the sort of first tier operational uh benefit but as as time has gone on um, our energy efficiency team has rolled out all kinds of interesting programs uh, that are enabled by AMI. And so that grid investment is starting to um, bear fruit in this latest technology uh, endeavor, because without it, we would not be able to, first of all, assess whether uh, this connected technology is having some positive effect um, and the customers would not have the same visibility that they have into their own energy use. 
You're being in the strategy group. I'm I'm sure you're well aware of all the efforts being undertaken at utilities across the country, large and small, investor-owned and uh, public communities. Uh, how would you characterize your ambitions here? Uh, how much on the leading edge are you going to be with this demonstration? Well, I think we're you know we're approaching this demonstration perhaps slightly differently than um, I've seen out there in the marketplace. And of course, there's a lot to keep track of. So I don't claim to know what everybody's doing. Um, but, you know, I think there are a couple key pillars to it. One is that, um, you know, customers are really the center of this technology trial, right? We, we really started with um, some community issues and, and requests and built from there. Um, it wasn't the other way around. We didn't start with a system that we had sort of pre-intentions to deploy and then force it in. We started from the bottom up, which I think is emblematic of our um, connected communities initiative and, and how we approach that. Um, so I think that's, that's one thing. Um, you know, the other is trying to understand the level of education and outreach that is really the, the best mixture in order to make this technology fulfill its promise. So um, that's a big part of what we're, we're trying to do as well. And honestly, this was meant to be a very high touch uh, demonstration. And of course we were rolling it out uh, right when the pandemic restrictions kicked in. So our ambitions for having a live physical demonstration area in the city of Annapolis uh, and having a number of in-person activities were, were curtailed and we've had to pivot and do a lot of that virtually. Um, but I think in that sense, we're, we're very, very ambitious. We're trying to, we're trying to get that mixture right. And we realize that, you know, the, the technology can be brilliant. It can be bleeding edge. It can be amazing, but if no one actually uses it, then it doesn't really matter. So um, it's, we're trying to balance that leading edge tech with leading edge um, community engagement. Overall, at the macro level, with these 200 participants, what is the range of ener energy savings percentage-wise and maybe gross megawatts that you hope to uh, achieve? We don't have uh, those goals particularly spelled out. I think um, we really are, it's, it's almost a pre-pilot kind of environment. And to be honest with you, even if we had spelled them out, the pandemic would have then sort of changed our our perception, um, not only because we've had to sort of rejigger how we market the program, but also uh, it's changed some of the timeline. So I don't um, I don't have uh, specific goals in mind in terms of energy savings. I think what you know again what we're really focused on is what kind of education and outreach is best to make people actually adopt the technology. Um, which devices really rise to the top in terms of customer preference, and then putting all that in the mixer, what kind of energy savings you know are we seeing? Just, just in bold strokes, twist your arm a little bit here. Sure. Do you see shavings of in the order of one or two percent, or closer to ten percent? Just give us a ballpark sense of, of what you think this is capable of demonstrating. Yeah, I, I'm. <clears throat> I'm really hesitant to throw out. Throughout numbers, I, I would say 10% is probably very, very optimistic. Um, so, you know, I think it's probably less than that. 
Um, but I think it, it wildly depends on uh, the type of, for example, the type of small business that we're talking about. Um, you know, it's a restaurant, a really high, high energy user or something more like a retail boutique of some kind um, in terms of overall nominal savings, in terms of percentages. Um, we're just, we're a little bit early to really nail that yet. I think that could be a very appropriate statistic to uh, get specific on for perhaps a next phase demo. Fair enough. So let's dive into a couple of the technologies sure. and I'll just read a few off, off of your uh, website that I saw. Sure. One are smarts thermostats. Uh, are these your typical Nest device or what are you going to be using and what, what do you hope to see there? You know, that's a good question. And, and uh, you know, the thermostat has been one of the, uh, the tougher items to pivot on because of the pandemic, um, because we originally part of the, uh, what we wanted to test was would folks uh, more easily adopt this and pick up and use the technology if we did some professional installations. Um, and due to restrictions in Maryland and, and company restrictions, we have not actually been able to send installers out. So thermostats are actually lagging in terms of the devices that we're, we're installing. We've given each participant a coupon to um, have a thermostat installed when the restrictions Ease. Sam, give us a sense of, uh, I don't mean to be cavalier about it, but absent the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, how did you see this working? And, and hopefully uh, down the road fairly fast, you'll be able to implement it. How would it work if we were not in a pandemic situation? Well, I think that's a that's an excellent question. So um, obviously, you know, it's very different implementing a 200 participant demonstration um, and the amount of innovation and pivoting and, and things that you do during that environment versus, you know, a multi-hundred thousand device deployment. So what we're, tr we're seeking to do is, is learn a bunch of best practices that we might be able to use in a larger deployment. Um, that said, I think there are ways, and this is again, pre-pandemic thinking, that you can scale um, a high-touch deployment strategy. Um, so I, I think that's very much in our minds. And I think that the pivot that has come is like, what does that high touch look like? So in-person uh, installer training versus online virtual training, um, in-person professional installation of some of these devices versus really leaning into um, how can we do that without actually sending a person into the home? So I don't know that it's that our overall goal, you know, the goals still are fundamentally, let's try to derive some value from energy savings. Let's derive some value from convenience um, and, um, you know, in terms of how these things work. So I, I think it's more just what's the tactic around um, how you do it. In addition to thermostats, you have light bulbs and plugs. Yeah. Um, similar yeah. story there that, that, um, your deployment's going to be slowed by the pandemic or can you move so, forward? Yeah, I can break that down a little bit. So I think the, the thermostat's really the outlier there. That That's the one where uh, professional installation is often required. The other devices, um, professional installation really, really isn't required. We were, we were planning to do professional installation for a few of the segments or maybe a couple of the segments that I mentioned, seniors, for example, um, to see if that moved the needle um, in terms of their satisfaction level, but no, we do not. We are we are actively recruiting 
and qualifying participants right now, and we have shipped, you know, dozens and dozens of device kits absent the thermostat because that takes some some wiring and, and other things. It's a little complicated sort of for the average customer. But a lot of these devices are not compli too complicated for the average customer. Um, and I mean, we 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 are gathering great intel and we had a female customer week before last that she would never have considered this kind of technology for her home. But because BGE was actually the one that was offering the demo, she was turned out to be really interested and has been super enthusiastic about so it. So these light bulbs uh, and plugs, are you providing gratis or a low f discounted fee or rebates? How are you getting them into their hands? Well, for this specific demo, and again, hyper-targeted, super low numbers, um, we are providing the technology for free. Um, and in return, we are asking for the participants' participation in a number of uh, surveys, um, and I think one one sort of live uh, focus group. So it's um, you know it's some some free technology in return for some of their time. Give us the timeline. Has this started? Are you already underway? Yeah. And uh, how long will it last? A year, two? Yeah, years? Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Sure. So you know that's as I said, we were. We have been doing planning basically all through the fourth quarter of last year and into the first quarter of, of 2020, um, and we were winding up to um, do things like securing a physical space to demonstrate the technology live and in person. We were about to begin um, that, and we're about to you know start doing the trainings literally you know around the second week of March of this year, and so. Um, we pivoted, I would say, you know, end of first quarter, um, but we have been qualifying uh, participants since late May and have been sending out, you know, numerous kits per week. Um, so as soon as we fill the demonstration, which, you know, we're pretty close to doing at this point, um, we would like it to run for, you know, say three quarters, right? So sort of through the spring of next year to really capture some seasonal changes in, in temperature, which, you know, obviously drives energy use. Uh, part of another technology is temperature sensors. Is, is yeah. that in any way going to be involved with peak shaving or how, how do you envision using those? Well, I think, you know, the, the ultimate use case for, uh, these kinds of of technology packages are are probably still be to be determined um and there's a lot of you know a lot of my colleagues at at BGE um could probably speak well better than I can about how it might impact a particular program or or that sort of thing but um yeah the the um the temperature sensors i think are really important you know it it gives uh, folks visibility into different areas of their home or their small business and they can be used in a wide variety of different ways. I mean, we, we've seen um, small businesses are a huge part of, of downtown Annapolis and a lot of their footprint looks very much like a, a home or a small apartment or something like that. And uh, a lot of them are restaurants. So, you know, let's think about a scenario where um, you use that temperature sensor either, you know, inside or just outside a large freezer. Um, something like that, that's directly related to, you know, is are you being most efficient or have, have you had a, an appliance failure or something like that? Or um, have you left the door open? Uh, that kind of thing. Same thing for any other number of rooms of a house. You know, wh what is your individual footprint 
look like. It's it's giving the customer that visibility to their own domicile. I think that's that's so important. So BG&E, of course, is a gas and electric utility. And in addition to the 1.3 million electric customers, you have gas customers. Is the savings here primarily on the electric side, or do you see potential gas savings as well? I think that there is potential for gas savings when we talk about uh, probably primarily in the wintertime, to be honest. right? Many people have gas heat, and I think that could be where you're going to see some potential, again, by giving people visibility into their their, – home or small business. So for example, you know, we also have door and window sensors. So you can very, very easily set an alert to let you know that, um, you know, after a certain time that that door window is open. Um, you know, if you're, if you are outside of the home and you've left the home and you set your, um, your program that you're away, uh, and then it, it lets you know that you've left the window open by mistake or the door came open by mistake. And, you would therefore have run up your heating bill. Uh, this would give you visibility to either turn around and shut that door or have somebody in your family shut it or something. So you could see some gas savings on that side um, of things, I suppose. The classes that you're experimenting with this are pretty interesting. Seniors, low income, early adopters, which one would assume is generally higher income, small business, um, that about covers the gamut. Nobody's being left out, are they? Seems like you're going to be sampling just about every aspect of your customer base. I, I, that was certainly our intent. I will say the nature of this technology does not lend itself particularly well, or at least the package that we put together to very, very large spaces. It's um, more interested in sort of that residential type space. Um, and that's why we included small business or one of the reasons why we did, because a lot of small businesses in Annapolis occupy a a space that looks like a residence, as I said. Um, But yeah, we try to be as as inclusive as we possibly can. Um, We believe the, the low income customers are hugely important um, to make sure that they're engaged in this kind of um, in this kind of forward looking technology. And, And we value the input of all those different, customer classes, um, you know, and seniors is actually an early surprise. I mean, we're, we're not, you know, we're in no position to draw ultimate conclusions here, but the senior population is really surprising, very high level of engagement there, very high level of adoption, um, which is, which is great. Um, we actually had one woman set up the kit in her father's home and he's a senior. Um, and so there was, there was a great sort of cross-generational use case there she was really appreciative that she could keep an eye on him and check the temperature of in his home and know that that you know things looked good there um so we've seen a lot of of really early interesting anecdotal use cases sam you work in the strategy group and i'm sure at bg&e like every utility in the country strategy is also focused on the new utility business model um, during these extraordinary COVID times, energy sales have to be down at, at BG&E as elsewhere. Uh, and your utilities come in with a proposed rate fee- freeze that's going to last through 2023. Do you see the strategies that you're testing here in this demonstration as pointing to a way to, to a potential new business model where the amount of energy consumed is not the driving force for revenue 
as it has been in the past? I mean, it's a it's a good question. You know, I think we're we're all um, trying to sharpen the pencil on what ultimately the utility of the future looks like. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the, the evolution of what that vision can be does not happen overnight. It doesn't happen all at once. It happens with, um, you know, with constant innovation um, and constant, you know, seeking engagement for the community, working with our communities um, and understanding what really brings value to them. So, um, you know, perhaps I think is the answer to your question, but um, there are plenty of uh, very, very qualified people um, across Exelon working on that question as well. So I, I think, you know, if we stand, if we remember our core here, if we remember our pillars, which is to listen to the community, be responsive to what they're telling us they want, what they, they're telling us brings value to them. If we do it in a way that is cost effective, if we do it in a way where technology supports the community and it's not always always all about the tech, the technology brings a supporting role, then I think we're going to successfully bridge that, you know, bridge ourselves to the ultimate utility future sort of vision. Fascinating. Thanks, Sam. Thank you, Marty. And thanks for listening to Grid Talk. It's been our pleasure to be talking to Sam DuPont who's principal for strategy programs in the strategy group at Baltimore Gas and Electric. You have been listening to Grid Talk. Please send us your feedback or questions to gridtalk at nrel.gov. We encourage you to give the podcast a rating or review on your favorite platform. For more information about the series or the 20 podcasts that we've recorded, please visit smartgrid.gov. Thanks for listening to Grid Talk, presented by the U.S. Department of Energy Office of Electricity Advanced Grid Research Division. Subscribe through your favorite podcast provider or visit smartgrid.gov for more information.